Are you ready for your customers to know, like, and trust you? Well, email marketing is by far the most effective way of achieving that. And I've partnered with Aweber to give you a completely free 90-day trial. So get started today at excellence-expected.com forward slash Aweber and use the code EXEX. Hey guys, welcome to the straight talking guide to launching your first product, session three. And we are talking branding and particularly bootstrap branding. Now, the last session you learned about how to survey and talk to your customers, how to figure out exactly what they wanted and how you can build a product that serves their needs, wants and desires. And this session is all about how you actually communicate that, how you build a brand that will last you the ages. And the real beauty of this is how you can do a lot of that work yourself before even getting close to a designer. It's a really powerful session. And I've got two amazing, amazing brand experts from the US, Mr. Phil Pallon, and from the UK, a Brit himself, just like me, Mr. Kyle Wilkinson. Now these two guys, are unbelievably savvy, unbelievably knowledgeable, and have churned out some of the best brands that I have ever personally seen. So you need to be taking notes of these guys. And as ever, don't forget that there's even more content, even more resources waiting for you at excellence-expected.com. There is a content upgrade available for this session, which will help you get to the bottom of your own branding. That's a really vital resource. And of course, there are two bonus audio sessions available only at excellence-expected.com. Number one, some of the biggest and best growth hacks in the world from some of the biggest and best founders and entrepreneurs in the world. And the second session, the second bonus piece of content, of course, is what to do if your launch doesn't quite go as planned because, hey, let's be honest, life happens. Things don't always quite go as we expect them to, despite our best intentions. So that's really powerful and free content only available at excellence-expected.com. So let's jump in with Phil and Kai, this is Bootstrap Branding, session number three. We're talking here, the guys listening are very much startup founders. They're very much early stage entrepreneurs who are doing something that they've got a passion for. They've got an idea and they're wanting to get it to an MVP where they can test it and figure out, frankly, if people are going to want this. So these are the guys that really don't have that much money to invest, but actually want to get the basics of the brand right from the very, very early stages. So... One thing I just want to pick your brains on, Kai, in, in terms of um, certainly how we work as, as an agency and some of the perceptions that we come up against. Mm. Very often, people think of branding as just the logo. Like, mm. Why is that not the case? Because we know it, and it, you, you educated me on that. Well, like, Tell us a little bit about that. Why is it not just the logo? The, the visuals really are, you know, the, the, the physical visuals, the logo, the colors, the, you know, everything that, that, that people think that a brand is um is just a visual extension of what the the true brand is the right at the core of the brand what it's all about what are your core principles as a company uh as a service whatever it is that you do as a product what whatever it is you have some core principles that that you have originally set that business upon um it could be that you really want to be great at whatever service that you're in or you want to be the best product or you want to be the most efficient product what, whatever it is those values are just um they are the, the visual side of things is just the, the extension of those so um whatever it is re- representing 
the 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 logo is just not the the be all and end all. It's important, but uh, every, if everything else is incorrect and wrong, then you could have the best logo in the world, and it's still not going to have the impact with the audience that you probably desire. Phil, is that something that you come across as well? Do you find people just when they talk to you about branding the first couple of sessions, do they instantly jump to visuals and say, you know, I want, I want this? Is that is that a problem you guys come up against as well? Yeah, I mean, I spend a lot of time educating people on on visuals. So, you know, where your brand values are really important, obviously making sure that whatever it is you're doing align with your goals. But but purely based on the visuals, people use the term logo interchangeably with brand identity and brand and a logo is just one out of like seven or eight elements of a brand identity and in fact one single logo is not going to cut it so i'm often teaching people okay so you've got you're building out a brand identity so you need a logo but you need multiple logo compositions because where is this logo going is it going in your email signature is it going on your wall is it being tattooed on your wrist <laughs> uh, where is it going you know where so we need multiple logo compositions for example on the web a lot of times it's better to put a horizontal layout or a simplified version of something um if i'm stamping it or i'm or I'm embossing something, then you should have some kind of seal or a circular version, which also works great as an icon on social media or, or a, a favicon, which is the 14 pixel square little icon that goes that shows up in the browser. I mean, you've got all these elements to account for. So a lot of times when we're designing brands and we're building out the logo, we have five or six variations of it. So that's the starting point. Then like what was brought up, color, typography, consistency on all of these fronts, web and print. A lot of times we're also sub-branding. So we're using iconography to represent interesting elements of the brand. So for me, traveling is a big part of what I do. It's a big part of my brand. So you'll, uh, you'll go to my website and you'll see where I am at any given time. I'm in London, I'm on the East Coast, I'm on the West Coast. Even in my email signature, I have little icons for all my offices or my main destinations. I've got icons for all of my services so that it's unique to me as part of the branded experience. And then the one part that never gets enough attention is photography. So mm. even if I'm working with an accountant or a lawyer or a doctor who thinks that they don't need to be photographed, they're wrong, dead wrong. We need to see them in their environment, not just a headshot, but I need to see photography to elevate the brand and give it some visual interest so that you make a memorable first impression. I love the idea of, of, of being memorable there, Phil. That's a really... Interesting point. So one of the things that Kai generally does during my entire life is teach me about brand. So anything that I ever tell anyone, if you're listening to this show, anything that I ever tell you about brand is probably I like I've got that 50% wrong and Kai's told me it and he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> generally how that works. But one of the things you said there, Phil, is, is this idea of, of feeling and this idea of natural environments. And one of the, the big things that I really struggled with with brand is is trying to make this connection between what I see and how I make people feel. Is 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 it a large element of brand how people experience you and how you you are left? You know what flavor that leaves with you. Is that is that as important as the visuals? A big part of it is copy. So so the way that the the writing is presented on your materials so on your website, even your social media bio is prime real estate. It's how you establish consistency between the in-person experience. Like we're a con well, this is kind of like we're in person. I mean, it's close. We're still dealing with technology. It's the medium that sits in the middle of all of this. 
makes it a little bit more complicated than it would be if we we're all sitting around having a beer, which by the way, Mark, we've done before. That was fun. Um, Kyle, you're invited to the next one. Um, but <laughs> Don't get started on the beers. When me and I, Mark I spoke, get together on beers, that's dangerous. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Actually, you guys, I'm sure, get together much more. So you can invite me to your next one. Dude, <laughs> that's definitely happening. Track, yeah. So, uh, but I'm always looking for ways to find how to define you or what makes you unique in real life and then carry that through on the web. Let's not overthink you. We don't need two separate presents here. We need to just make sure that online you're being represented in the best light in a way that's consistent with how you exist in real life. So for me, I'm direct. I'm to the point. I wrote a book. It's a hundred pages long. I have the shortest attention span in the world. I couldn't even squeeze out an extra page. I was like, I'm done with this. Move on. I submit my bio to conferences and they're like, Phil, I think this is only the first paragraph. You didn't send us the whole thing. I'm like, no, that's it. You don't need to know anything else about me. You can go to my website and find out if you want to know more. Cut right to the point. That's my style. And, and that's consistent, whether you're listening to me or you're sitting down having a beer with me or you're reading my bio on a conference website. It's all consistent. And I try to achieve that with all of my clients. I think a really good thing about that, Phil, is you're sort of telling the story of you. You're actually pitching yourself in the way that, as you say, it just completely gets across how you are in person. And that's a really consistent experience. We met at New Media Europe. We've been out for beers. You know, we've chatted a lot. We've met a lot. We, we, we talk a lot on email and text. And it's all the same. You know, you get you sort of getting the four-word answers from Phil, which is perfect. And Kai, actually. Or they're all in, in all capitals. <laughs> yeah, all capitals, like my mum. <laughs> And Kai, actually, you're you're not too dissimilar. And I, what I like about that is that you can tell the type of person, and you guys are really good at personally branding yourselves. And one thing that I want to kind of pull on with you, Kai, a little bit is that, that this idea of storytelling, where you, you guys have told the story of you. You know, I can get a sense of you. If you are a startup, if you're a a new founder creating a product or even you've got a product now and you, you, you kind of wanting to change it a little bit and revitalize it a little bit. How important to you, Kai, is that story, you know, telling that story and really get, allowing people to get under the skin of it? I think people are really interested and fascinated these days by the behind the scenes working of, of what makes these people tick and why, how they manage to get to this uh, solution or whatever it is that they're offering, how they manage to get to that they might have worked four, five million jobs just to get to the point to pay for all this, you know, this um, investment that's gone into developing whatever product or service service it is their business is based on. Um, I think people find that fascinating because the, the the human element to that is uh, brings again why why might um, what they're putting into the company, what type of person that you're buying from. Uh, and I think that's really important these days is the people are more and more interested in the ethics and morals of people, uh, what they are buying from and the brands that they are buying from. Um, you've only to look at people getting slammed in the in the UK uh, for, for tax avoidance, uh, Starbucks and all that. It, it does affect the brand. Um, and I'm not these are colossal brands that I'm talking about, but right down to the smaller the startups that they are interested in the human element and, and the people that are putting the time and effort into develop these things uh, that people are buying. So it, it is vital um, that it, it becomes part of your brand story as such. Phil, here's a question for you, sir. Most startups generally have no cash to start with, so they'll throw a logo together. They'll put something very quickly out there. 
in your experience and in your sort of, um, I guess, in your wisdom when it comes to analyzing brands that are already out there, what damage can be done if you don't get the message right, if you don't get the personality across? Where does that leave you in one, two, five, ten years' time? What's the impact of getting it wrong? Yeah, I understand that that startups and brands have limitations when they launch, but at the same time, branding is not the area where you want to skimp. And I mean, yeah, you can say that I'm biased on this because this is what I do for a living. But if you look like you just started, then I immediately lack trust, whether you're telling me about it in conversation or I'm looking at your website, which I'll do immediately following you telling me in conversation. If it doesn't look and feel the part, if it looks like it's not finished or it looks amateur, then your brand is perceived as amateur. A t-shirt is just a t-shirt. It's made of cotton. It's the branding that makes it either $10 or $100. And so I built my career and I've helped my clients achieve their goals simply through strategic and artful branding, which is don't just brand to who you are now, brand to where you're going. So it's like as soon as you launch now is something that you might not be 100% on, immediately immediately start on figuring out where are you going with this? How are you calling the company? How are you positioning it? Who are you targeting? How is that coming across? Where do I get a sense of your values, your personality, the way you communicate? How strong are your visuals? People that don't put a high value on that end up losing in the long run. People that don't treat their brands with the same respect that a big corporation would get in this kind of you know, the kind of comprehensive branding that should be done from stage one, the brands that don't do that suffer for it, or they eventually realize that that's what they need to be doing, but it takes them too long to arrive at that, right? I mean, there, there's, there's inherent value behind a brand that's perceived in a positive way. You can, tr- you can double or triple your prices if you want. I mean, I've done it. I've gone from charging $30 an hour to $300 because, I've got, because I'm a brand. And I wasn't always a brand, but it's something I've hustled and worked hard to build. So I'm passionate about this because people, people think that branding is just pretty visuals. It's not. Branding is, is the strategic effort to communicate. It's, it's, the, it's the, the control you have over your first impression. And if that's a positive one, and if you can if you can design that to not only represent who you are now, but where you're going with all of this, that's powerful. That's that's really powerful. I like this idea of of looking really, really to where you need to be. And Kyle, I know yeah. we've spoke about this so very often because we Phil, obviously you as you know and, and as you guys listen to, we're on a, an agency that sort of started out as a local North of England based agency moved into doing bigger and bigger jobs for the brands that we want to work with. You know, similar to you, Phil, you kind of hustle and just grind it out to do the the, the work that you kind of want to do. Yeah. And Kai, we, we've been frustrated in the past, haven't we, about people coming in and wanting to, this sounds so weird, but wanting to spend money, but spend it on the wrong thing where we aren't mm. fulfilled by delivering a brand that we know is going to work. And that feels very often like it is because of the short sightedness. Is that, is that me being a little bit jaded and naive or is that like a legitimate reflection of what a lot of startups tend to do? Is this, 
Is this for me, Mark, or is this for Phil? Yeah, sorry, Kai, it's you. Ah, sorry. <laughs> I, th- I do think people get disenchanted in what they want to achieve. Um, just picking up on Phil's point, um, I if people struggle to understand um, the power of, of 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 the brand and how you how people choose uh, based on their appearance and what their first impression is, I liken it to when you choose a restaurant. You have no idea what the food is like that's been served there, but you might just look at the front of the restaurant and look at the menu that's out the outside. And if it looks crap, then the, the likelihood is that you're not going to go and you're going to go to the nicer looking restaurant, even though you have no idea. You base that perception on how it looks and how it's presented and not on how the food tastes. And um, that happens day in, day out. But I think I, I think people do become disenchanted in what they want to achieve with um, their company um, because they're often focusing too much initially on uh, getting the first job oh god I, I, if I've, I've left my um, left my safe job I've left my employment and now I've got to get my first job in and they're worrying about oh what if nobody comes and no, what if the phone doesn't ring rather than focusing on the important thing of right what am I going to build and what am I trying to achieve here um, and what is the what is the long-term goal of this apart from obviously survive and make money you, you can't you can't just stick in that um, survival instinct and survival mode. It's got to have some sort of strategic growth plan that that you have for the brand and where you want to um, want to be in three, four, and even five, ten years time. It, it has to be a staged thing, but you have to think of these things and these goals right at the start. Um, but I, I do think it just becomes uh, a bit of a panic mode when people do start up a business that they've got that much to think about that it often gets pushed to the back of the pile because they don't think that it's important in the initial uh, outset. Yeah, that's a very interesting perspective as well, that whole idea that you are so focused on today and tomorrow that you don't generally think about what's next. And that that speaks to your point, Phil, about that as well. How do you... Okay, you've got this scenario. I'm thinking of the people that might have got this wrong. So, And I'll sort of ask you this first, Phil. How... How do you fix that? If someone comes to you and says, Phil, listen, man, I've made a mess of this. I, I did. I, I got it wrong. And now I've got this perception and I want to shift it. Where do you start with that? I, uh, the, the place that I start and sometimes finish is determining whether or not that client has an open mind. I am not the kind of person you want to work with if you think that you're in charge. People need to come to me and they need to be under the they need to understand. That, that this is collaborative, it's teamwork. So we help execute on the creative, but if you think you have in your head exactly what you want, I'm not the person you wanna hire because I know what I want and, and, and it's a combination of what you want and what I want. So if you, so I, I have, I, I follow my gut on, on this, which is how open-minded is someone and how willing is someone to change? And if they're stubborn and they're, fixed at, you know, here's my mess of a logo, but I like this and only change this, not interested. You come to me, I'll do it right. You know what I mean? But it means we're starting from scratch. I'm not going to take something. We could be strongly inspired by something that maybe is working well, but I don't work with constraints like that where someone will say like, you know, oh, I just need, you know, here's my brand build me a website. If I don't like the brand, I'm not building the website because mm-hmm. it's not going to be inspired and I'm not going to want to do it. It needs to inspire 
the project and I would be doing a disservice to them if I wasn't excited about it. So I turn away clients all the time. So I've got to be, I've got to be invested in the project. I've got to be able to put myself 110% behind a brand to do an accurate job, to do it, to do a job that reflects even my skill, which gets better every single Mm -hmm. time I make a website or design a brand, you know? So that's, yeah, I don't, they've got to be open-minded or I won't work with them. Simple as that. And I'm, and I'm that definitive based on what I've learned in the past. You and Kyle are going to get along famously. <laughs> I can see that coming a mile off. That, that pretty much sums up a lot of the discussions we have as well, doesn't it? Kyle? it, is, it, it the, if, if you don't have an open mind when it comes to the, the approach, then it's not going to breed any progress at all. You're just going to right. sit back on your on your in your old ways, and and if your brand's in a bit of a state at the uh, when when people come to um, the people like us, Phil, uh, I agree. Then they're not going to make any more progress if they keep the same mindset. So that's that's for them to get over um you know the, that's their own problem and their own personal issue that they've got to get over to move forward because otherwise they'll spend money and end up in the same predicament as they are now and want to spend more money in the in the long run and it's it's just like i say it doesn't breed progress at all okay so let's think about people sat there now thinking all right i understand the power of brand i understand why i need to get this right and i understand that you know i might need a little help with this let's assume that I'm a startup founder and I want to turn up to see one of you guys with a solid brief. You know, I want to be trying to deconstruct in my own mind what I stand for. Where do I where do I start briefing myself? What areas should I be analyzing? Kai, you mentioned values and hmm. Phil, you mentioned personality. Like how should I take myself and my business apart? What exercise should I go through? Who's taking this? That's an open one. Dive in. You go first. I think uh, to start off, I think it is it is down to the values. How do we reflect them? Are we, um, you know, are we efficient? Are we are we the best? And how how do we want to perceive that? Color theory is 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 up there. You know, it's it's proven that you can reflect different moods and different um, personalities with the colors and 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 on objects that you use to put at the forefront of your brand. Um, so if we get to the bottom of how you want to be perceived, this can start off by researching companies that you do see a similarity between, not necessarily in product or service, but in the brand that you aspire to be. Um, and that could be a huge brand, that could be a very small brand, it could be a it could be any type of company at all. But if you see some similarity that you can be inspired by, um, use that as a, as a as a bit of a starting point. Obviously don't rip any brands off, but use it as a starting point to how have they managed to achieve their brand? and dissect other people's brands to give you a bit of a starting point um, on a budget um, when you might not necessarily be uh, hiring people to help you if you want to start out like this. Dissect other people's brands and really get to the root of why you like a particular brand. Why is it that you like a particular clothing line, a a particular car, a particular coffee brand? Why is that? Um, And that'll help you start to understand what effort has gone into build that brand and that you can apply the same knowledge to yours insofar as reflecting on the brands that you like you know we've all got brands that, that we like <laughs> if you were to look at that really deeply can you take that apart and say well actually these things matter to me like i like this watch brand because they seem to just put a focus on quality or they yeah. put a focus on design or and, it, and actually what i what i pay for is 
not the product as such, but the experience of X, Y, and Z. Is like, can you deconstruct yourself by figuring out what you like? Is that what is that what we're trying to get out there? I think it is. Yeah, I think it, it's why. Why are you encouraged to buy a product by a particular photography style, for example? And what is it about that ph- photography or photo that you like? Is it the colours? All right. Why are the colours talking to you? Is it because it's uh, striking some sort of emotive response? Right. Well, let's focus on them. We like them colours. That could be a basis for your colour palette. Or is it like you say, um, the effort that goes in you pick watch brands is is um is it the particular handmade kind of element to a swiss watch or the engineering and um efficiency that you get from something like that is it the leather strap is it what is it that you like about it uh, that you can take from that brand they have been built and influenced you to buy these products with every little element that they have put together so like you said mark deconstruct it to what you think and you feel and then that'll probably help you on the way. Phil, how would you suggest a startup founder or a, an online entrepreneur, early stage entrepreneur, starts to brief themselves on their brand? How do they figure out what matters to them? Yeah, I mean, start if if um, I usually take the perspective of visuals, um, which is where people tend to struggle the most. Start to curate. Um, I usually use a secret Pinterest board actually um, to start to just when you see something online or you see something and you're on the street, take a picture of it, upload it to your Pinterest, uh, secret Pinterest board. And and there, after a while of gathering things that you really like, um, then you'll start to carve out your own style, your own aesthetic, and then you start to edit. So things that, you, that don't quite match up, you'll start to build an aesthetic and it takes some time. So that's, um, that's one thing that I'm often telling people, um, do, don't rush it ideally, but, but build it into your every day. So when you're online, you see a little banner ad, or you need something here, here and there, um, save it. And you'll start to carve out your style and your visual. Uh, you, it's almost like creating a mood board that you can share with a designer, for example, or you can let your, your contractors or your team members refer to that board. And it's something that everyone can collaborate on. It's just kind of a cool centralized resource I like the idea of curating things as well, and, and and the I've done it myself. Like Kyle, you'll you'll completely attest to Phil that I'm the most impatient person on the planet. One of the things that I I always struggle with, whether it's brand or whatever, is 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 this idea of curation and taking the time to figure out that that niche, Phil. And what you what you said there around curating things and not rushing it, figuring out why you like what you like, and you know where you're drawn to different places. I think that's a really valuable thing for anyone to do. Um, and I'd just like to kind of switch that around again, just just sort of put it back on you, Phil, in terms of you're very big on personality and tone of voice and, and getting across like the copy. We talked about the copy briefly earlier. How do you encourage people to get that right for themselves? Because that personally, I struggle with that because I feel like I have to be quote unquote professional. But actually, the most success comes from when I'm this straight talking, brash northern guy. Like, how do you get this tone of voice right? Record yourself. So whether you're on a client call or you're having a conversation with someone, I mean, just this weekend, I was filming a little video for a blog and I was talking about my perspective on branding. And I went, wait a second, I need to write that down because I'm also writing a new book right now. And I was like, that needs to go in it because I I forgot about my, you know, having conversations with people give you an excuse to exercise your, your opinion, your perspective, your personality 
on things. And it's important to acquire that in some way, shape or form. Everyone has their own little system for it, whether it be voice notes, um, you know, recording sessions, whatever it is, just make sure you acquire it in some way. That's why podcast interviews are great. Because you could, if you're talking a lot in them, you should transcribe them and use what you say in the form of content. It's already created. You're already doing it. So do something with it. And that's, it's, it's really important to not only for you, but also your team to know how to speak in your tone. Like my whole team, they know, they know Phil's brand voice. They know the terms that I use, they know that I don't use exclamation marks unless I'm typing in all caps you know, like things like that, like develop your own style and stick with it for sure. Yeah, I love that. I really like that. A very particular point there about the whole team knowing your tone of voice. I think if you're in a, especially if you're in a small team of, of people who are, you know, largely responsible for creating things that the entire company are represented by. And this is something we deal with, Kai, you know, you, when we're doing proposals and pitches, you all we all have to talk in in a very similar style don't we and that I don't think it's unfair to say that we struggled with that for a few years like because everyone's pulling their own personal directions aren't they I think we were trying to find uh, our voice as well find our feet as a collective you know we've all got um, visions for the company that are kind of uh, they are very similar um, but to get the individual people together to, to speak in the same manner, uh, you know, whether or not that's writing or, or verbally uh, is very difficult. Um, and it only comes with um, practice, really. You can't just expect to force these things. You've got to, as Phil says, do these things, write them down, uh, dictate them, whatever it is, you, know, you find your way of doing it and, and do it regularly. Um, Cause otherwise but you know we, we can liken it to when we we start doing our weekly meetings and, and before that we didn't do many meetings together as a, as a as a collective directorship as such and as soon as we started meeting more regularly we gelled a lot faster and that conversation that tone of voice developed a lot lot quicker because we got to understand faster what we were trying to achieve together because we practiced it more and, and practice as they all say does make perfect does make perfect practice makes perfect practice doth make uh, perfect there I, Phil, not Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I love that phil how are we doing on time for you sir we're gonna have a few more minutes and then i better run excellent stuff so what i'd love to do then phil actually if uh, obviously i know you've got another session coming in so what i'd love to do is grab from you to the founders to the early stage entrepreneurs your top tips for nailing their branding down so if you were doing yourself all from scratch from today from day one what are some of the steps that you'd take that we can take away for these guys so i have a system for everything i always follow a very particular step-by-step process that i'll share so that people kind of think about things in the right order so you don't you don't sell a house before it's built or even before it's positioned so it's the same thing you know you don't take a house to to market if it doesn't have a roof. You don't sell a brand that hasn't been positioned properly and that hasn't, we don't have something to, you know, that's built to show for it. So first you position the brand. What is it you love to do paired with what is it others need? The need part is necessary so that it's not just a hobby, right? It's actually a business, something that people need. Every good business satisfies a need. So once you position, then you build something to show for it. 
I usually start with photography, even sometimes before I start building a brand identity, because there's little colors and nuances in photography, if it's done correctly, that inspire the rest of the visuals. That's the closest version of you, is you in a photo. So that's why we start with it. Um, once I've got photos, we build a, a brand identity. So we talked about that. Logo, color, typography, sub-brands, web and print execution. So whatever assets you need, podcast artwork, YouTube graphics, business cards, etc. cetera. Then, um, then once you've built something to show for it, carry it through on your website and your social media profiles and then promote it. So, you know, content creation, strategic efforts on social media and um, advertising, all those kinds of things. So that's um, that's a step-by-step -step process we always follows, follow and have had success with clients that follow that particular protocol, regardless of their industry. I think, Phil, one of the things that you do do beautifully, and it's, it's something that you mentioned there, is you are exceptionally good at the photography. Like your Instagram feed is completely smash-packed full of really good photography. Like Thank you. I think I'm the worst at photos, but that's um, you're, that's really nice. I just try and make it consistent. Well, that's one thing that I really love about that, and that's one thing I kind of want to touch on is consistency because, um, and again, Kyle tell you this, I'm reasonably terrible with that. The consistency in a brand is what, for me, is what really – helps people stand out phil you are so very good at this with the photography. oh thank you i've been working hard at it so i'm taking that compliment especially to heart oh good you should do it does it works really really well and you've got a very distinct style and you pitch it really well and the, the reason that i mentioned that is because you guys listening out there if you're thinking to yourself well listen how do i create this brand how do i craft this brand out check phil out on instagram because the way that he just photographs things you know that it's phil that's doing it so oh cool oh my god these are things i've been trying to do and you're just my favorite person right now when we first ever started working together myself and kai phil um like i was really naive on branding and kai really whipped me into shape and that was the only thing that he 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 really beat into me was look be consistent with type be consistent with color and what is that spacing like what are you doing with that and i think that's so so vital and since i noticed it i can see why it makes such a difference and kai is that would you say that that's something that even someone that isn't a brand expert someone that's a founder that's an early stage entrepreneur can they all pay attention to that kind of detail with this consistency? And how important is that? I think it's just a simple case of putting the brakes on sometimes. Um, you know, all of a sudden you might be really, you know, you take, for in instance, Instagram. Um, you might be like, oh, I'm going to take this photo and get it on online because you're really eager and excited to share it with whoever you're sharing these things with. And if you just put the brakes on and just say, can I make this a little bit better? If I just do this, take it from this angle, um, you know, just walk around two steps this way and it'll make it much better. You know, yes, we're not all photographers and we're not aiming to be, but, you know, when it comes to be your brand, um, if you just put the brakes on and just engage your brain, it's like when you send an email uh, too quick and think, oh, I wish I'd not said that. If you just put the brakes on and just think about what you're saying, what you're putting out to your audience is it consistent with what you're set out to be in the long run because if it isn't then there's no point there's no need for it because it's not benefiting your brand at all you've got to build the consistency there for your audience and your customer base to know what to expect um you know if you try and close your eyes and think of a nike led campaign or a nike led image you know what you would expect from that you can visualize that in your mind 
And that's because they've spent so much money and time uh, being consistently great at these campaigns. Um, and it, it, you can all do this. It's just a case of putting some um, time and effort and just into making sure that the consistency is there. Constantly ask yourself, is this us? Is this me? And if it isn't, then there's no point. Even if it is generating content, if it's not the right content, it's not consistent to your brand, then there's no value to it or very little value to it. Put it that way. I love that. That's super. So, Phil, I'm just conscious of your time, sir. Um, I'm sure you're going to hop off to another call. So I'm going to thank you ever so much. This has been a really, really good session. I can't wait to catch up again. When are you in London next? I'll be there in October. Well, Kai, that's it then. We're going for some beers. That's, uh, yeah. that's I love it. I look forward to seeing both of you. Thank you both for having me and have such a good, uh, such a good evening. Where yeah. can people find you on the old internet? Yeah. So I'm right after this, after the next call, working on my new website. So philpallon.co. I have a podcast, which is called No Filter. And these days on social media, Twitter is where you'll always find me first, at Phil Palin, and then Snapchat, Instagram, Pinterest. That's Those are the ones where I'm hanging out the most. AWeber is an email service provider. We were founded in 1998, and we provide a full suite of web-based email marketing tools so that you can grow your list, you can create and send beautiful emails, and you can also set up email automation different workflows uh, to automate emails being sent to your subscribers. And this is absolutely crucial for entrepreneurs when they're launching their product because you need to know your audience and they need to know you and start to build a relationship with you. So you can build up anticipation for your product launch. You can promote your product after it's launched and you can really continue to have the conversation with your subscribers in, in a very personal place, which is their inbox. We typically do a 60-day trial, but for this podcast, we're going to be offering a 90-day free trial that's up to 500 subscribers if you have 500 subscribers on your list. And to get access to that, simply use the code XX, that's E-X-E-X, when you go to sign up for your AWeber account. And you can get all the details on this offer at excellence-expected.com slash AWeber. Listen, for any small business, cash flow is a big, big deal. Knowing what's coming in and what's going out, and more importantly, when, will of course help businesses like mine and like yours to survive. But beautiful accounting software from Xero can actually help your business to thrive. Xero helps small businesses like yours, like mine, to stay on top of their cash flow anytime, anywhere, and from any device. And with over 100,000 UK subscribers alone, it's clear that Xero is the UK's leading cloud accounting software. To try Zero for free for 30 days, head to excellence-expected.com forward slash zero. That is X-E-R-O. Jim Rohn once said that we're the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. And when you start your business, being around the right people can mean the difference between success and failure. The Ignite Accelerator Program is a place to focus. It's a place to make lifelong friends and it's a place to create a network ranging from top investors to some of the world's most successful founders and entrepreneurs. How do I know? Because I spent 14 weeks of my own life going through the program and it changed me. It made me into a measurably better entrepreneur. So if you are ready to focus, if you are ready to take your passion and turn it into a real business, then you're ready to take action today and check out this free accelerator program. But hey, don't just take my word for it. Find out for yourself. 
over at excellence-expected.com forward slash ignite. What I want to do then is I want to talk through some of the actual actionable steps. So people sat there, I'm thinking of the guys down on the accelerators or guys like yeah. you and me sat in our bedrooms on a nighttime thinking, ooh, I've got some cool stuff to share with the world. Mm-hmm. Step by step, how would we go about briefing again, briefing ourselves, but also like what can we do in our bedrooms? What can we do in our little offices, one man, two man offices? Um, what what are some of the physical action steps that we can take to get the brand right from day one? So as uh, Phil has already mentioned, Pinterest is a great tool for uh, collating these visual cues for for developing your brand right at the start. Um, So start a Pinterest board, start pulling together anything. It could be an image, it could be a shape, it could be, uh, you know, a photograph of a person, a landscape, whatever it be. If it talks to you in terms of the emotive response that you want to achieve from your brand, and you think, oh, I like that. I don't know why I like it, but I like it. I like how it looks. And pop it on a Pinterest board. After a few, you know, try and spend quite a bit of time on this. Phil's mentioned, you know, maybe a couple of weeks because if you start to try and rush this process, it is very easy to, to just plow on and get, try and get this done within a day or two. But if you if you really start to take your time with these things, you get to understand yourself and your brand better. That sets the bedrock for your brand. Um, once you've got this, you can start removing things. You can start to once you understand what you're trying to achieve, you can start to remove things that don't hit the mark really. And once you've uh, simmered that all down, you've got a, a bit of a mood board there that designers use to create a visual representation. People think mood boards, you know, are they a bit, you know, soft, like, "Mm, what do they really manage to achieve? But if you can look at something without looking at anything, but, and it reflects your brand, you don't look at what you blow your eyes and you kind of just see this massive collage of, oh yeah, that looks like us. That feels like us. You're not looking for anything specific. Then you're on the right track. Um, After that, um, Photography, again, Phil's mentioned using photography to start building a color palette. There's great tools online, uh, such as Adobe Color. Uh, There's apps that you can get on your phone now where you can take a photo and you can choose the colors from it, and then that'll match it to the nearest panto. Uh, So you could use that to then help build the basis of your brand. And I think that's a great free and easy way that you can do that. You can, rather than just picking any random color, you can pick a specific color palette that emotes a certain response. Photographs are really, really easy uh, to get this because when people try and some, some people don't, don't get that connection with imagery uh, too much when we talk about an emotive response, but you can like a photograph for no reason. And it's normally because of the colors. It's usually because of the the colors that's in it. uh, That's making it talk to you. So use this because it is, it, it's, it's available on everybody's phones and everybody's computers that you can take a photo, pick the colors, and you get a direct pantone from it that you can use to help build the brand. Um, once, you've, um, once you've gone there and got to that stage, we're really at the stage where you want to, uh, to probably start designing logos. Uh, I would always recommend um, trying to get somebody on board to help you with that because, uh, as Phil mentioned before, it's... If you set this thing up wrong uh, from the start, you know, you're only going to 
prolong the pain because you will eventually spend the money and and get it done properly. And right at the start of when you're trying to win clients or get your new product out there, the only thing that you're trading on is the trust that you're going to deliver what you're saying you're going to deliver. And if the trust is not there, people won't buy. People won't do. Uh, people won't buy into the brand either. Um, you don't have to spend a lot. If you get the right person to, to work on the job, you, you can get this done for quite an, you know, a, a good spend on your, on, your, uh, on your limited budget, on your limited startup budget. You can get this done. So once you've done all this kind of preliminary work with the colors and the mood boards, it should keep the costs down when you go to a designer. Uh, the best probably example of trying to find somebody like this is a freelancer. Try and find a freelancer to keep your costs down. But make sure you do you do find the right fit for you as a company. You don't want just somebody who's going to churn anything out uh, just, just to earn the money. You want to get somebody that, again, is invested in the brand and really cares about what you're trying to achieve as well as what they're trying to achieve as, as a designer. Um, let them work. Let them work. Don't tell them what to do because if you tell them, it's just going to be an instant turnoff for them. And, and as Phil's mentioned, he, he wouldn't work with you. Uh, and and it's it's you find that increasingly more uh, nowadays just purely because people understand, designers know the value of their uh, their input. And if you're not willing to listen to that, then you're not going to get as far as you can possibly get with your uh, your spend and your brand. So listen to them and, and work with them. Have your input, but just steer them in the right direction rather than telling them what to do. And then at, once you once you're there, you you should be you, you should have done all the, the legwork really to set the foundations for your brand. Um, and I think it's a case of always get the get the initial um, foundation set up such as the photography the color palettes the logos everything but then always be mindful that you are going to have to reinvest into this and push back into it but yeah I think one of the, uh, the, the the fun thing that you mentioned there is kind of investing in the foundations yes and not too worried about having to get everything you know no. you, 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 you nail the foundations and iterate on top of that later and later and later yeah. which at the end of the day, you know, this guide is very much around just getting to MVP stage. And when we, yeah. we, we did all sorts of things that we've done at, at Hacksaw, you know, you end up just doing this really MVP stage branding, you know, this first stage branding, knowing that you can extend it later. But the ideals behind it, this idea of what we want to achieve and where we want to be in three, four, five, ten years, that's just underpinning it all the time, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. And I think you'd be surprised when people are on the road of creating products and creating services, how much they learn from the branding process itself and what how they, the branding process can influence the actual business itself uh, and influence the product. How it's going to, who is our customer base and, and how are we going to engage with that can often crop up questions that and, and answers that you you probably didn't foresee when, uh, when you were actually coming up with the, the core product idea itself. And I think that's that gives you an advantage knowing more the knowledge of your customer base, doing the research, what might um, that that feeds into the brand and visuals of this, who it's actually talking to, and getting more of an understanding of that uh, is only beneficial to to the service or product that is your developing. Yeah, you can't underestimate the power of the brand. It's something that anyone that's been in any kind of business has underestimated the power of brand before, particularly the first time 
businesses. The first time we do this, we generally get that wrong. So I think that's a very powerful way of doing it. And guys, what we're going to do is don't forget that we have a pile of resources over on the website, excellence-expected.com. And the takeaway for this session is a checklist and a bit of a planning tool where you'll be able to go through and step-by-step deconstruct your own values and and sort of write down, get down on paper what matters to you so that you've got this briefing for a designer because this is bootstrap branding. It is all about just making the most of your investment and, and any kind of in, input and investment that you've got to put into this product, this service, all this business. So Kai, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for that. It's been a it's been a really solid session. That so thank mm. you. Just Good. we're gonna wrap her up, but before we do, I know where I can get you. I've got your mobile number, but uh, where can everyone else find you online? Where's the best place? Uh, Obviously, you can catch us, uh, the studio's work over at uh, hacksawstudio.com. If anybody wants to uh, see uh, what I'm having for breakfast or dinner or photos of Mark when he's drunk, uh, you can head over probably best to my Instagram feed, which is uh, Mr. Kyle Wilkinson, or my Twitter feed, which is Kai Wilkinson. Thanks, man. Cheers, Matt. And that was Bootstrap Branding with Phil Pallon and Kyle Wilkinson. Now, listen, branding, as you heard, doesn't need to be overly expensive. So we've put together a free resource over at excellence-expected.com to go along with all of the other free resources within this guide. And the resource to do with this session is going to help you do as much of the work as possible on your brand before you even get to the design stage. So it's a really important planning tool that you don't even just need to use for this project. You can use this for the rest of your life. It's such a good resource. And I've put that together along with Phil and with Kyle. So go ahead and check out the bonus content for this session at excellence-expected.com. Now, on to the next session with Ash Moria, which is a very important session around defining what you need to measure within your business. So take a break and join us soon for the next session. And don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel.